Welcome to Enlightenedhood, a sacred space for mothers, mothers to be, and mothers by proxy to share how mindfulness and spirituality intertwine with one of life's biggest responsibilities, motherhood. Each week, we will gather nuggets of inspiration, empowerment, and wisdom from wild and woke mamas who are tapped into their highest selves and raising the next generation along with the consciousness of this planet. I'm your host, Lena Lemos, founder of Enlightenedhood, a community of mindful and spiritual mamas committed to personal growth and divine sisterhood through our one-of-a-kind inner work membership and spiritual magazine. Welcome. I am so grateful that you're here. Hello, you mindful mamas. I'm bringing you another podcast intro from quarantined life. Today's intro will be short, but I just feel called to tell you because I feel like you need to be reminded that it's okay to meet yourself where you're at. Wherever you are, whatever you're feeling, whatever's coming up for you, whatever this day looks like for you, it is okay. And don't forget to love yourself and give yourself grace. So I'm meeting myself where I'm at, which is just really having this introspective time to slow down, reassess, go within. So there's so much I could say, but I need to hear it too, that meet yourself where you're at. Today, I am talking to the very wonderful and insightful Padma Gordon. And I feel like her voice and her presence is the calm and the zen that we all need today. Padma is a transformational guide trained to assist you as you navigate the unknown. She works with people worldwide who are moving through transitions in their lives and are on a journey of awakening to their true nature. Padma helps support others to take the courageous steps to look within at whatever may be holding them back and helps create practical structures that support them to open to deeper love, align with their true life path, and cultivate harmonious relationships. Today, Padma and I are talking about the power of presence and why it is so important to be present in the moment, especially as mothers for our children. Motherhood calls forth our deepest presence and Padma shares a lot of really good ways that as mothers, we can be present and come back to ourselves and our bodies and drop into that present moment. So here's Padma. So tell me about the journey to becoming a transformational guide and helping people really come home to themselves and stepping into their true self. How did you get to that point in your life where now you're helping other people? Um, well, you know, it's always been a role that I've played in my life ever since I was a kid, maybe inappropriately so, but you know, we, we're, I've always been someone that people have trusted and been a good listener and um, like that. And how I came to be in this particular flavor of listening, reflecting, supporting and guiding. Um, well, it's, there's, there are several factors, but I would definitely say, well, one is that I work a lot through the body. 
mm. and through somatic awareness. And, and I've been a dancer and a mover and studied movement for my whole life, but really for like intensively for uh, like 30 years at least. Um, so I bring a lot of body awareness and movement awareness. And then I also um, had a teacher named Eli Jackson Bear, who is Gangaji's husband. And I, about 20 years ago now, ran his foundation. Mm. And we did a lot of um, looking at patterns and working through hypnotherapy and NLP and the Enneagram. And we were doing sessions. There was a core group of us who were invited to do sessions with people while we were on retreat. Mm. And I was one of those people. And I loved it. And eventually I evolved out of being the executive director and into having a full-time practice because I realized that doing the other things that were involved in running a foundation weren't really wasn't the best use of me. So yeah, I feel completely blessed to be able to be of service in this way and to be able to meet so intimately with people and drop in so deep so quickly. And, and, and assist them. Tell me what the journey has been like, because you have been doing this for such a long time, but was the world really ready for this? Where was the average person ready to go deeper and connect spiritually 20 years ago? Well, that's a great question. And I, I don't, I can't really speak to the average person because <laughs> the people that I was, um, meeting with were people who were on a spiritual retreat mm, yeah true and who were already oriented in that direction but for sure i feel like people there are always ripe souls and that's who i work with i work with people who are ripe who are like you know ripe fruit just ready to fall from the tree mm-hmm. and it's not it's not a big there's not a lot of struggle there's room for resistance, but it's, people don't usually, by the time they find me, they don't really have their heels dug in. And there's usually a lot of willingness and availability. Mm-hmm. And they've probably tried other things and realized that none of it worked. And then, okay, where else can I look? I could look inside. I love that visual of the ripe fruit because it's true. You just, when you're ready to fall off the tree, you just kind of have to take that plunge. And I think for many of us, that's what the spiritual awakening is like. It's just that that plunge, that free falling from the tree. Yes, it is. And it, and it, it asks us to be um, available to just free fall, as you said, into the unknown. Mm-hmm. It really free falling into the unknown and embracing all the fear and terror and resistance and every excuse. And it, basically on the spiritual journey, you have to, give everything. There's no, there's no holdouts. There's no, there's no withholds. There's no, you can't hold anything in reserve mm-hmm. because love wants everything. And then once you give everything, love devours you and your life um, changes. Doesn't mean it's always easy. Yeah. It just means that your perspective shifts, mm-hmm. your heart shifts. Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing I've been trying to do with this platform and talk so much about inner work and mindfulness and spirituality, because I think there's this common misconception that when you say, oh, I'm spiritual or I'm mindful that 
the other side of that is green pastures and good vibes only. And there's nothing bad that comes with it. But really, like you said, it's almost this constant effort to show up and peel back those layers and really dive in deep. Mm -hmm. That's right. And when your heart opens, it doesn't just open to the bliss and the beauty and the incredible sunshine and blue skies and spring flowers. It opens to everything. It opens to the pain of the world. So you become, you know, you become more sensitive because you're more aware and the awareness is ever deepening as far as I can tell. And so, yeah, so you, re, you receive everything and you let your heart break. It doesn't mean that I'm walking around weeping all the time. It just means that, and I love this. Somebody once said to me, you know, you let it, you let it pierce you. Like when you, when I'm working with people and they're going through really hard things, I don't fall in because if you're holding space for somebody, if you're, it's like, you know, if someone's drowning, you don't jump in the water with them. Mm -hmm. You throw them a life, a life raft. Um, so you hold the space for somebody and, and you let it touch you, you let it pierce your heart, you let it impact you. And you discover as you drop more into presence, that presence is way bigger than any pain, than any fear, than any suffering. And that it can, it can hold it, it can receive it and, and ultimately be transformed. I think that's so powerful. But how do we even begin? Because I think stepping into that place of presence and love can sometimes be hard, especially when we have this resistance that we may not even know where it's coming from. So how do we even begin to really step into that place? That's a good question. How do we begin to step into that place? I feel like you just have to, um, well, first of all, you have to get tired of your shtick. You have to get tired of doing what you're doing and resistance can be part of our shtick. Resistance can be protective and protecting that part of us that, that truly isn't resourced enough to take that plunge. And resistance can also be getting stuck in our minds. So first, the first step I feel like is just becoming aware of of yourself. So spending time in meditation, spending time in any kind of meditation, a movement meditation, a sitting meditation, if you have a small child, a nursing meditation. I mean, being a mother is, is it definitely is a meditation and it calls forth our deepest presence. And I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you drop into presence? I mean, presence is earned. You have to decide that this is something that I want to know because what I'm doing, how I'm acting, how I'm reacting just isn't working. It's mm -hmm. causing a lot of, I'm kicking up a lot of dust or I'm shutting down and creating distance with people I love. Um, and also when you, when you shut down, you're shutting down to love. And so you're, you're shutting down to your own heart. So first, the first step is to just be aware, become aware of, wow, what am I doing? What am I doing? And I, I really like the question how versus the question why, because the why may reveal itself, it may not. I mean, eventually it will. But the question is how? What am I doing to get caught in my own habit patterns? Because then I can stop. I can be like, oh, how do I do this? 
so, I mean, the how for me and how I work with people and how I work with myself is I notice, oh, I'm getting upset. What am I noticing in my physical body? Because the physical body, physical sensations don't lie. You're not, you're not just conjuring them, but you can become aware of them. You can say, oh, as I'm becoming upset with my child because they're not doing what I said or I'm having to ask them the same thing. <laughs> You know, and I feel myself getting frustrated. Well, I don't want to be frustrated because first of all, it doesn't feel good. And I don't want to dump that onto my child, especially if they're little or at any age, actually. My daughter is 13 and a half. So there's a, a good, plenty of opportunities to get to, to be pulled into frustration by a teenager who's a wonderful, amazing being. And still, she's, she has an attitude. She's a teenager. <laughs> It's appropriate. So yeah, become aware of your physical sensations, become aware of your emotions. You know, you can name the emotion, become aware of the thoughts that you're having. So the physical, the mental, and the emotional. And those are all, those all then become signals or the, or Dharma bells, if you will, to stop, just pause, bring yourself pausing. It's one of the greatest gifts that you can give to yourself and the people around you. And especially if you have little kids, you train them. Mama's got, mama's going to pause right now. I love you. Closing my eyes and I'm going to come, I'm turning toward myself, hand on my heart so that they start to learn, oh, this is what mama does. She comes back to herself. She comes back to the heart. Mm. Yeah. I think that's such great advice. And it's, I've found it increasingly difficult as the mother of an almost one year old and especially just wanting to live so, cause I feel like so much of motherhood can be reactionary and not just with our emotions, but the doing and the routines and trying to get this and this and this done. And I find myself so often not being present. And while my daughter's eating, I'm thinking about all the things I have to do. And I've been trying to be much more present, even saying out loud, this is what I'm doing right now. And I think incorporating those pauses into our everyday could help so much with that, not living too much in that divine masculine of doing, 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 planning. Every single moment is, <laughs> is on a bullet, <laughs> bullet pointed list. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I love that you're saying it to yourself out loud. This is what I'm doing right now. Because then you hear yourself and then you're entraining your awareness to your own voice. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm doing right now. And I just want to say something that I, that's in my book actually, which is about relationship from, you know, romantic relationship, long-term partnership, um, is people before things, your child is only going to be sitting there eating on that day, at that time, once. Mm -hmm. And you want to bring your full attention. It doesn't mean you have to sit there and be in, in meditation, the meditation of like just bearing witness. And it's such a blessing. It, it all goes really fast. And nobody at the end of their lives says, wow, I really wish I had checked off more things on my list. Mm -hmm. You know, they say, we say, oh, I just, I'm so glad I have the relationship I have with my child, with my partner, with my friends, with my community, my mm. family. I think that's a powerful thing too. And have you found that as your daughter gets older, that having that presence and awareness that that moment only happens once helps you get through those harder times as they grow and teach us and challenge us? Definitely. 
Definitely. Because those, when you're, when you're sitting down, it's like you're making a deposit in the love account in the, oh my goodness, I adore my child account and my child adores me. And you're not to mention you're making a deposit in, in the account of, of their heart, of their life, of them feeling loved, of them being to bring in a little, you know, psychological framework, securely attached. Your presence really matters. Really, really matters. So it works coming and going because you'll, you're making a deposit because your reservoir of those moments when they are just beyond adorable, <laughs> that's, that's growing kind of like a tapestry of mama love in your heart for them so that when they stretch you, when you really don't want to do that thing one more time with them, because they want to do it again, 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 or they, they're just pushing on you because that, that's what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can just really kind of soften and relax. And one thing I remember doing, well, also just to say, is I have had and continue to have, and I only have my one daughter, um, just a recognition of the grace of just being with her. And to realize that how beautiful it is and how amazing it is to be a mother and not everyone gets to do it, who wants to, by the way, is incredible because it means that you're really present and engaged in your life. So, so that's, you know, that's huge. Yeah. And I always think of it too, as the way that 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 soul chose me for a reason and just the the power and the love that comes with that too oh yeah yeah it's a divine it's a soul contract it's a soul contract that you sign when they come in that you are gonna be there with them through thick and thin Mm -hmm. and that it's gonna take precedence over something else that you're going to want to do like a million times. So I really would encourage people to just don't rush into it until you're ready. Now that said, these souls find us when they are ready. (laughs) So it's not always a conscious or planned. But it just, what a beautiful dance of divine timing and knowing that Mm -hmm. we all need these lessons and work together towards them. Mm -hmm. That's right. There's, there's nothing like it. I mean, I feel like it's being a mother is for me. And I I wasn't one of these people who always wanted to be a mom. I have just, I I got pregnant pretty late. I was 41 and it was unintentional um, because I like to do what I like to do. Mm -hmm. And that gets surrendered, at least in the beginning, to, to... a large extent, not entirely, because as we were talking about at the beginning, this conversation, it's so important to, to tend to yourself mm-hmm. throughout and to really make those deposits in the account of your own self-love by having meditative practice, yoga practice, um, going and doing things that fill you up, that really fill you up. I would go oftentimes and I would bring my daughter with me and have somebody watch her, either my mom or I would hire a babysitter and I'd go to these movement workshops for five days and she would come, my mom or babysitter would bring her at the lunch break and I would nurse her. 
And I just feel like the time that you spend, if you think about it, like, oh, I'm filling myself up so that when I come back into my relationship with my child, into my relationship with my partner, into relationship with my family, I have more to offer because we as women are the, really the lodgepole of our family. So we need to be, be aligned with ourselves and aligned with love and, and aligned with the divine, really, so that we can, because everybody orbits around us. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just the design. And having a spiritual and mindful practice that was so strong before becoming a mother, did that help you recognize that element of self-care and having your cup full after you became a mom? Or did you go through dealing with mom guilt like everyone else? Um, I would say both are true. I definitely felt like my ability, and this is what I was going to say before, my ability to be, and I definitely have had and still have sometimes mom guilt because of now I'm separated from her dad. So those moments like, and I have her more than half time, but the, the moments are precious. And I realize, I recognize their preciousness. So, and so sometimes I still feel guilty if I go do something when she's with me, but because she's now 13 and a half, it's <laughs> um, really okay. <laughs> but the other thing I was going to say is having a spiritual practice gave me the capacity for when she was little and even now to, I just remember sometimes, and she was, she's always been a great kid. Um, but she was, she, she had her moments and sometimes would have tantrums when she was little. And I just remember sitting on my knees with my, my palms up and just being present, just being there. Mm -hmm. Yep. Telling her, I love you. Your feelings make sense. If she came over to like push me or, you know, kick or act out in some way, I would, you know, I'd say, no, love, that's, that's, that's not allowed. And you can have your feelings and I'm right here. And I would just really hold the space for, for the, for her feelings, the big feelings. I would acknowledge the big feelings and let them run their course. And then she would crawl into my lap when she was ready, when it was done. And I feel like having a spiritual practice and having the presence, the connection to myself, because I would just drop into myself. Not that it wasn't hard to sit there and just hold space and be super patient, but I was able to do it. And I would say anyone listening to this, you're, you can do it too. Just have to take a lot of deep breaths and keep sending your attention back into yourself, into your heart, into that spaciousness, into that silence, even as your child or children are flailing around Mm -hmm. and you just hold the space for them because they need to do that sometimes. And you can't, you don't want to make it better. You want to let it move through. Mm -hmm. So they know that it's okay to have feelings and that feelings are temporary. I think that's, Definitely easier said than done, but so important. And having that practice can allow us to be present even in the less desirable moments. Totally. Yeah, it definitely is harder when you're in the middle of Target and that happens. It is. <laughs> and, and it is, you know, and, and you have to just say to yourself, there are a lot of parents in here and their kids have all made a scene. And it doesn't mean anything about you. 
doesn't mean you're a bad mother. It doesn't mean your kid is, you know, a troubled kid. It just means this is what's happening. And, and so as much as possible, I mean, in, even in target, you can, you can move to a corner, you know, underneath the, the swimsuits or whatever, <laughs> and just let them do their thing. Sit down on the floor. It's because that whole thing of like, I don't want to look bad. I'm really a good mom. And you are a good mom. Just, just let it be what it is. I mean, I remember my daughter had stuff like that where she, I remember she, they had, you know, how they have toys sometimes like a basket of toys in a shop so mm-hmm. the child can play and the mom can shop. Well, this was one of those times. And she walked out with a stuffed animal. And then I realized, oh, this is their stuffed animal. We need to give it back. And she threw a huge fit. She was like two huge fit right on the street in our town. Just gigantic. You know, somebody could look walking by could think, what did that parent do to that little, little girl? <laughs> but you just have to just don't take their big feelings personally as much as possible mm. because really what they want from you is your presence. Mm. That's really what they want from you is your loving presence. I'm so looking forward to all of those moments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're still in an easy time. <laughs> yeah. The, all of crawling around. I've said this a lot on this podcast, but the fiery Aries is starting to come out and I, oh. I see my future glance before my eyes. <laughs> uh-huh. So what, what do you think will be useful then for you with, in, in response to this fiery, fiery Aries girl? Oh, lots of water. <laughs> lots, lots of, of water. <laughs> lots That's of right. Peace and lots of presence and lots of breathing. Breathing, I was going to say. Tons of breathing. And if you have a fiery child, you can just like that in, in those moments, if for everyone who has a fiery child, I was a fiery child. <laughs> um, you have to ground. Mm-hmm. You have to ground and, and, and be soft soft and grounded because what they want is a boundary mm-hmm. they want to be held they want they want some containment that's not like a restrictive containment but just like i gotcha love is here i gotcha i know you can't do that mm-hmm. come back <laughs> in just be right in here might be a big container <laughs> you know? yep. but don't don't just give in because that'll that that won't work yeah, she's definitely starting to test her boundaries and she mm. loves hearing the word no. It makes the biggest smile on her face. So. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. So fantastic. It's so clear. <laughs> so clear. Mom, tell me no. Hold the space. Show me you're there and I can tell you're watery. Oh, yeah. 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 See, we, my husband and I are both cancer. And uh-huh. of course, so we got the fire. <laughs> uh, perfect. Yes, so you could develop your your own sense of internal steadiness. That's mm-hmm. a fluid steadiness, and it is a steadiness. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's definitely I I've I mean, everyone says this about how you get into a routine and then they change the next day, and so it's exactly. definitely the first year of parenthood is definitely very fluid. Yes, it is, and it, it it's like that. You just get it dialed. And then they change again. And you're like, oh, wait, that doesn't work anymore. And luckily, or not luckily, but if you have, which anyone listening to this podcast clearly is interested or committed to cultivating a a conscious 
relationship with their, their children or their child, that the, the lines of communication are open. So mm-hmm. they can tell you, hey, no, don't use that tone of voice with me. Or no, mom, don't dance in, in the health food store, you know, yes. anymore. Like, no, that's uncool. Don't <laughs> do it. And so they'll tell you, they'll tell you. And I think they'll tell you. And the, the other thing is to just keep the thing about presence is presence is curious. So just keep being curious, be curious, see what's happening, notice, make a mental or just get, oh, that, okay, that. I mean, the other thing is to just have allies like, like certain, I mean, certain songs or I've used essential oils that, that can be calming. Mm-hmm. Just things that actually kind of change the tone really mm-hmm. quickly. Oh yeah, we have one settle the system. Yeah. We have a song, her favorite song that can bring her out of any temper tantrum, can mm-hmm. bring her back to the present moment. So hopefully Beautiful. can use that in my toolbox for a few more years. Definitely. <laughs> and I mean touch. They want to be held. They mm-hmm. want to be held. They want to be touched. Also, something that's really good is like when you go from from the from head to to feet with a kind of a firm touch, they call it a fascial sweep. It's like a very steady, almost pulling of the skin, like stroking, not just a light touch, but kind of firm and be very settling. And it's settling for you because you have to breathe while you do it. You know, you Mm. place both, both of your hands alongside their, their arm and just go gently pull down like. Mm. I'll try that. It's really nice. And anything that calls you into the present moment will serve. (laughs) I've found that it has helped me so much, even through these little temper tantrums. So I am looking forward to, like I told you before, continuing to cultivate this presence and this awareness so it can really be my anchor in the coming years of the terrible twos, as they say. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I didn't even experience terrible twos. And honestly, Lena, I wouldn't even call it that. Don't even intend that it's going to be terrible. Yeah. It doesn't need to be. I mean, she'll test you. Sure. Mm-hmm. But that's not terrible. That's just life. Life tests yeah. us all the time. Yeah. Life kind of pushes on us and says, here, here, try that. Try that. And also recognizing that it's temporary. Mm-hmm. All temporary. And just watch. And sometimes I would just stand back and watch the arc of the, of the feelings. It has an arc. You go, oh, okay, there it goes. And you just you say to them, I love you, I'm here. I'm here. Mom is here. Yep. And yeah. they go through they go through their cycles of of feelings. And it is a test. And sometimes you're gonna feel like I remember I have you know, several close friends who are moms, but one who has um a daughter who's a year and a half older than my daughter and a son, but he's younger. And so I, she was the person that I would call and say oh my gosh I did this am I the worst mother in the world you know I yelled at her or something and everyone you're gonna do it from time to time you're just gonna lose your cool and you're gonna get really upset you're gonna do something that's just not the right thing for what they need in that moment and I think that part of being you know this having being an enlightened mother or an awake parent and person is to give yourself room to make mistakes and be compassionate 
with yourself and be kind to yourself because you will make mistakes. You will do things that you're going to feel probably ashamed of. Don't beat yourself up. Just practice compassion, practice self-forgiveness, you know, do some metta meditation or the ancient Hawaiian practice of Ho'oponopono, you know, just practice forgiveness with yourself and compassion. Because what we practice internally, we're going to practice to everyone else. I think that's so important. And the idea of just giving yourself grace, because I think that's my worst fear. And we talk about this on a lot on this podcast where the idea that you do that one wrong thing and that one thing becomes this deep rooted truth that your child then has that they have to heal <laughs> 20 mm-hmm. years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I would say that is um, a misunderstanding. <laughs> one, one time does not a core wound make. <laughs> I that's can guarantee I can guarantee you that actually, since I've been so immersed in, in this attachment work, attachment theory and um, relationship, really you only need to give your child, your child only needs to be tended to in a way that is attuned. You're present, you're aware, you're with them 30% of the time Hmm. with a caregiver, be that you or your partner or grandparent or somebody. 30% is all it takes to have a securely attached person walk around in the world. And more than half the people walking around are are securely attached. And then the rest of us aren't. But, you know, we work with it. You work work with what you've got. So just doing it, it's it's also, it's not doing it that you do it once. It's that you do something repeatedly Mm -hmm. and that then they start to internalize that. And really the the thing that is the most important, and I'm just repeating it, is be present with them. It's so tempting to look on your phone, right? When, and when your child is doing something and please just be discerning about how much you let them go in front of a screen. Just less is more, really, especially when they're little, 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 or really at any age, but definitely little, little. That's my personal, opinion. And then for us to not pick up your phone when, even when they're, you're taking a walk and they're in your carrier, you know, on you, just take a walk, look Mm -hmm. around, see the sky. Don't be on your phone. I mean, it's not to say you can't have a phone conversation with somebody, but also then we get into the, you know, the dangers of, of cell phones and all of that. But really it's about, it's about your presence because when someone's present with you, when, you're, when your parent is present with you, you get a deep imprint of somebody is with me, the world is safe, I am lovable. And that's what you want. You want your child to have a sense of being lovable and at ease in their own skin so that they can thrive and have an amazing life. So the, the presence goes a long way. Let's just so powerful that something so simple can have so can do so much good and create such a strong foundation for our kids our own sense of self our own spirituality and the world as a whole absolutely it's so simple and yet it's not something that i would say the vast majority of people are cultivating and we're just we're so inundated with so much there's so much 
coming in, coming at us all the time. Yeah. And so to, to make space for simply being present and something I was going to mention earlier that you can do with pausing is this is a, a positive use of a cell phone is set a timer to go off once an hour and once an hour, you just pause for a minute, breathe, shake it out, whatever it is. And you can just do that pause with your child. My daughter went to a, a Waldorf-based mindfulness preschool from the time she was three, three and a half. So those pauses, just pausing, just breathing. The breath, of course, anchors us into the present. It's free. You can do it anywhere. So integrating that into your life and into your parenting, you know, just even the, the breathing, you could lay down. You could both do this. This is a nice thing to do that, that was a part of her little preschool many years ago. You can just lay down on the ground and put a little stuffy on your chest and a little stuffed animal on theirs and just feel it rise and fall on the ocean. Like you be the ocean and those are the, your breath is the waves. And you just feel this little, cre- this little creature rising and falling. It's, it's so useful for kids yeah. to be introduced, I think, to mindfulness practice early on. And to the fact that, and this goes back to your point of moms take care of yourselves. You can say to your child, you can say, mama's going to meditate now. And they can hang out and play quietly. I wouldn't put them on a device. They can hang out and play with something quietly. And you're just doing your meditation. And then they see, oh, this is what this is what mama does. And then they're in the field because it creates a field. Because meditation creates coherence in our system. Like how we have coherent waves. It's like, oh, everything becomes, the brain becomes coherent. And then that also contributes to being able to respond rather than react. Plus they're bathing in this field of loving goodness as you're meditating, even if it's just for five or 10 minutes, because I know when kids are little, they can't hang for that long. But when you introduce it early on, they understand and they have room for it. It's just part of what we do. Just, just like we take a bath, just like we eat meals together, whatever it is. That's so important. And I love how you said about when we're meditating and we're creating that field, because I don't think we think of it that way. We almost think of it as the opposite where we can't focus or concentrate because they're in our field. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. And if, if, if you haven't had a long term meditation practice, you could say, I'm going into my special space to be quiet and to meditate. And to practice loving myself. And you can put it in a lot of different frames. And then eventually you can say, you can invite them in when you feel like, oh, I can do this. Because it is hard. Mm-hmm. It is hard to focus. Um, and you can also do, um, you know, guided meditation. You can do them together. And I'll just put in a little plug because it's free. Um, Insight Timer. I don't know if people know about that app. But it's an app. It's free. There's 35,000 meditations on there. Wow. And um yeah, and I have meditations on there, and there are meditations that are specifically for children, and there's um, music for meditation. So that's a really great, great thing to check out. And they have a nice timer that has a bell, a gong. There, yeah. I will link that in the podcast description for this yeah. episode, so everyone can find it. I had no, I've never heard of that app. Yeah, it's like some of these other ones. It's just the one that I have 
um, recordings on and it's a really good one. They have everyone from me to really renowned meditation teachers on there. So tell me a little bit more about the book draft that you just finished, (laughs) (laughs) which is so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, definitely a milestone. Um, What do I want to say about the book? Well, the book weaves together. It's about, it's about being, being together. That's kind of a, a loose working title and it will have a subtitle too. It's about being an intimate relationship, monogamous intimate relationship over the long term. And how do we, what is it to be together? Which takes us into all this attachment material and really being, and actually I can, I can stitch this in to the parenting because our original relationship is a dyad. Mm-hmm. It's mama and me, right? So we, that's actually what a part of us is searching for is this two person connection and that we feel safe oftentimes when it's a healthy, um, a healthy relationship where there's communication and mutuality and um, yeah, so many things. But so really the first relationship is this dyadic relationship of the mom and the baby mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's secure, right? It's in there, especially when we're in utero and this is what we know. We just know this one other person. And then when the baby comes out, it's really the, your, the primary relationship is, is usually with the mother, not always, but usually. And, um, and so we have that and we're cultivating that and that's, that's what love is. And that's why it's so important because the imprint, the parent-child imprint is what allows for a healthy relationship with another person, one other person, in whichever, regardless of gender preferences or sexual orientation, et cetera. So the book, the book speaks to that. The book speaks to, yeah, what do you do? How do you have a thriving relationship over the long term? It gives some introduction to you know, these, the, this, the theories, as well as just how do we practice it? How do we keep it real? How do we keep it clean and clear? And it's, it's different from our relationships with our children. And yet a lot of the principles, <laughs> you know, cross over like vulnerability, right? Like you want to be vulnerable and open and present and laugh at yourself and laugh at each other. Mm-hmm. So the book, the book is really, it's, it's rich. I interviewed um, a number of couples who've been in relationship for 25 years or more, a lot of them or more in relationships that I consider that I deemed healthy, <laughs> that I would want to model after I want to hear from them. Um, and I'm drawing from my own experience of being in various relationships, longer term, never that long though. I'm coming from, Hey, if I can do this, you can do this because mm. it's hard. And I look around and I see people really challenged oftentimes in intimate monogamous relationships. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's kind of, it, it points to some things you can do, some ways of being, some ways of loving yourself, because really it's, it's about loving. It's about loving yourself. It's about opening yourself. It's about being able to metabolize feelings, which this also stitches back to being a mother. Mm-hmm. Because when you're triggered, you don't just blurt stuff out. It's not going to go well. 
<laughs> if you do, trust me, I've done it both ways. And I can tell you, it works a lot better when I'm internally managing myself, when I'm aware, when I'm metabolizing my feelings, I'm not stuffing them in and I'm not blurting them out. It's, an, it's neither of those. I'm experiencing them. I'm letting it move through. And then when I'm back to myself and I'm aligned, then I can communicate and speak to the hard stuff. So I'm really excited. I've learned a ton. It's been highly transformational. I would absolutely recommend if you ever want or are inspired to write a book, do it. Being in pure flow state is the best. <laughs> pure creative flow mm-hmm. is, um, is very empowering and gets your, your mind, heart just, um, you know, shimmering. So I feel like I, I, I was and I am less so because I, after I handed it in last week, I just took a little pause. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going back to writing more and then to, and then to going to deep revision. Mm. So that's yeah, really exciting. The fun part. <laughs> yeah. The fun part is the, is the, whoa, let's birth it out, you know, <laughs> in its totality, in its yeah. messiness. And yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is that relationship is messy. Being human is messy and being a mother is, is highly messy, exceedingly mm-hmm. messy, you know? so just making room to, to be messy. And then the thing about the messes is the quicker you clean up the messes, as is with, you know, a glass of milk that spills, you catch it, no big deal. You let it sit there for a week, not nice. <laughs> you know, it starts to get sour and funky and that's the same thing. So as soon, that's where being aware, being present, being connected to your heart really serves because then you, you can sense, oh, that didn't go over well. And actually something I do in my, all my relationships with my partner and with my daughter is do-overs. Do-overs. You can call that in with your child because kids know about it, right? We all had do-overs on the playground. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Oh, wow. I did not mean to say that. Can I have a, can I have a do-over please? Erase, rewind, you know, forget I ever said that. And then just say, what I really want you to know is, what I really mean is this. Mm -hmm. Just take responsibility. Be self-responsible on what a thing to model for your child. Mm -hmm. Self-responsibility and the immediacy of of tending to the relationship. That's very, I'm very attuned to that these days from writing this book. Mm. Well, I can't wait to read it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. It's a great also introduction for people that are not super, haven't done tons of therapy or maybe in their 20s and 30s. And and it's really for everybody, but it's meant to be like, wow, here's a whole bunch of of tools and insights and information. And it's really kind of like Padma's greatest hits. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I think that's so important too, as mindfulness and spirituality come to the forefront and they're less stigmatized and we're talking about it more. There's, Mm -hmm. for for instance, for someone like me, I've done a lot of work where my husband is just 
kind of tiptoeing into that self-awareness. So having that balance between someone who's completely self-aware and maybe too mm-hmm. much so, mm-hmm. and also an empath, uh-huh. someone else who isn't quite there yet. And that very delicate balance of, yeah. like you said, blurting things out that sometimes don't go very well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, timing. Timing is yes. everything. And love. Everything. And the uh, the other another piece. And love. And love is not correcting one's partner all the time. Mm-mm. Actually, 90 10. 90% of the things that you say to somebody in relationship are appreciations. Appreciative, acknowledging. And then the 10%, and I, I think this is true in all couples, and I can definitely say that out of the people I work with in my, my client base, I've heard so many women say, oh, my, my husband just says he, whatever he does, he can't get it right. So ladies, just, just love them love to pieces, you know? And this goes for, for same-sex couples also. It's like, just appreciate. Just appreciate each other and love each other because what you appreciate, appreciates, as a dear friend of mine mm-hmm. says. It's so, so true. Yeah. Yeah. And we think it's hard too, because when we think we're coming from a place of love, but we're not really, I mean, I think to love someone is just like you said, appreciate, appreciate 90% of the time and not try to correct or blah, blah, blah. But you know, that's so hard to do. It is. It requires a ton of internal self-management which is where the meditation comes in. Cause then you realize before it, cause, cause it has an arising and has an architecture inside your body, inside your system, inside your mind. If you're having this thought of, Oh, I wish they would just blah, blah, blah. That's not a good time to say anything. <laughs> yep. You know, if you're starting to clench your jaw or grip in your belly, not the time, definitely mm. not the time. And then also practicing acceptance and practicing self-acceptance wow, I am not the perfect mother. My kid does not have stellar, clean clothes and outfits every single day. And they, they might not get a bath every day. And you know what? That's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? I mean, yes, of course, you keep them clean, tend to them. But if you don't, if there are days when you don't, it's okay. It's really okay. So there's a lot of acceptance, I feel, in in parenting, and you were saying earlier, the perfectionists, and I also tend toward that, born under the sign of Virgo. And um, I just got so much more relaxed about how things needed to be, mm-hmm. like in terms of everything precisely in its place, because if you don't, you know, make yourself nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, relax that perfectionism. Perfectionism is the bedfellow of judgment. It so. is true. That's so true. Mm-hmm. So true. Well, it's been such a pleasure having you on this podcast. And as I warned you, I have two questions left for you. Okay, great. The first one is what is on your spiritual bucket list? What do you want to learn or experience or do? Mm. What is on my spiritual bucket list? Uh, you know what I really feel like? I feel like it's really about having. I want to say enlightened, having a truly conscious, loving relationship in the way that I know is possible in partnership. 
because that is about my awakening and awareness as much as anything else. Because I feel like it's, it's a little bit the final, the final frontier, you know, to be really conscious in, in my relationship with my partner, particularly, and of course with my daughter. So I feel like that's just, yeah, if I can do that well and be the most loving being I can be and just kind of have a, have a blast together and get through the, the tight spots gracefully, that I think speaks volumes to being awake and aware. I have goosebumps. It's so true. And I think many of us aspire to be there and have a long way to go, but it is definitely a beautiful end goal. It is. It is. And it's a high goal. Yeah. It is a high goal. And it starts with you. It starts with me. So it starts on the inside. And I like to end this podcast with wise words for anyone listening out there who might need a pick me up or just that extra encouragement today to love and to be present. So what are your wise words to end on? Mm. Mm. Gosh. I would say, I would say take time every day to honor yourself, to acknowledge your own goodness, your essential goodness, however that looks, and say it out loud or write it down where you're, where you're seeing yourself, and loving yourself. Just take that time, make it part of your daily practice. Because if you're listening to this podcast, if you were born into this moment, into this wild world that we're in, you're awesome. Mm. Like get your own awesomeness. And the only way to get it is by you giving it to yourself and shining it, shine that light of love into your heart. Let it illuminate your beauty. Let the grace of love illuminate your nature. And just, just love yourself up. And be, be, li- be precise about it, though. Ah, oh, I love that I'm funny. And then really feel that. Feel how you're so funny. I love how I'm generous. I love how I, I take the time to make my child's lunch every day, even though they could do it themselves. Just the ordinary things. Thank you for listening to Enlightenhood. For more wisdom from spiritual mamas like you in the form of guided meditations, videos, articles, masterclasses, and more, check us out at enlightenhood.com or connect with us on Instagram at enlightenhood. If you need a tribe of like-minded women to dive into personal and spiritual development with, check out our monthly membership where we show up, go inward and upward together. Enroll today at enlightenhood.com backslash membership for less than the cost of a yoga class. Until next time, you mindful mamas.